In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. I used to work at a church called St. Lydia's in Brooklyn. St. Lydia's is a dinner church. People always ask me, like, dinner theater? Um, not so far, actually. Dinner Church St. Lydia's is in a storefront where everyone gathers around a meal prepared in a kitchen at the back of this storefront. And every Sunday night, we ate and prayed together around tables. At the end of each service, we would clean up the meal and then gather in a circle and sing a hymn a cappella. Now, I worked at St. Lydia's, so I was the coordinator, making sure dinner happened, making sure all the food was purchased, all the dishes got done. And my last job each evening was to pass out the hymn sheet and blow on the pitch pipe to find the starting note for the hymn. I am a fairly competent musician. There was one note that just would never blow correctly, no matter how I approached it. Whatever note it was, and I can't remember, it was a relatively frequent starting note for hymns. And so week after week, I would stand there, everyone in the circle staring at me, and go to blow the note, and out would come a bleat, or a burp, or a quiet whistle, but not the note. One evening, my boss came up to me, the pastor of the church, came up to me afterwards. Let me teach you how to use the pitch pipe, she said. I know how to use the pitch pipe, I said. That note is broken. Let me teach you how to use the pitch pipe, she said, holding out her hand for me to pass it to her. No, I said, look. I know how to use it. A works, B works, and I'm blowing on each one, blowing, blowing, going all the way around the pitch pipe, saving the broken one for last. And I put my mouth on it, it doesn't work. I blew it hard and it squawked like a dying duck. My boss looked at me as if to ask, are you finished? She took a breath. Okay, she said, but let me teach you how to use the pitch pipe. I handed it over to her and she raised it towards her face, but she didn't put her mouth on it. You blow towards it, she said, like this. And she went around the whole pipe, each note playing perfectly, loudly and clearly, blowing from a distance. When I think back on my life, for some reason, this moment is one of the ones that I come back to often. I think it might be one of my most embarrassing moments, if not the most embarrassing moment. I am cringing just thinking about it now. I had been so righteous about this pitch pipe, and I had been just so wrong. And even before COVID, since this was 10 years ago now, something about having just put my mouth all over the whole thing was just so embarrassing. Why does this story in particular haunt me 
more than all the other embarrassing things I've done in my life? Well, I think it is because it reveals a part of myself that makes me really uncomfortable. The part that doesn't know everything. The part that is deeply afraid of looking stupid. In today's gospel, Jesus is talking to people who are regarding others with contempt. An easy thing to do, isn't it? Regard others with contempt. They are looking at others they think are not as righteous as they are. Jesus tells them a story about two different people, a Pharisee versus a tax collector. One who you would expect to be righteous and holy, the Pharisee, and another who you would expect to be kind of evil, working for the bad guys, the tax collector. But of course, Jesus turns these expectations on their head, as he often does when telling a parable, when he reveals what the tax collector says to God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. In his humility, Jesus says, he is exalted. The tax collector is exalted. You can imagine the faces of the people Jesus is talking to, ashamed, embarrassed that Jesus has turned their righteousness on its head. Humility. I did not have any humility as I blew all over the pitch pipe, so sure that the thing was broken, totally bum-fuzzled by this one note, not accepting that I just didn't know how to use it. Humility actually requires great vulnerability. It's not as simple as just knowing the ways in which you don't add up or knowing what your own shortcomings are. It is being able to admit them and face the possible derision of those around you, the possibility of disappointing people around you. So for me, when faced with the prospect of admitting my own shortcomings, it's a lot easier to face giving them over to God than it is to face giving them over to other people. It's not so hard to sit in your bedroom, kneeling by your bed, saying your prayers at night, and in that prayer, being vulnerable with God about all your shortcomings or the things you know you have done wrong. It's not even so hard to come to church or watch the live stream and say the confession as we do each week here at Grace Church and admit that we've messed up and ask for God's forgiveness. I love that part of church every week. I always feel refreshed afterwards. We might not all do it as much as we intend to, as much as we should, but it's not such a hard demand because it is a call to a private interaction with God. And we know that it's good for us. It also holds the powerful possibility of transforming our spiritual lives. 
but it is a riskier proposition when we are asked to bring it into our whole lives, to the workplace, or to our families and friends. The honesty required with God in prayer and confession is honesty that God desires us also to give to each other so that we can be trusted people in the world. The writer and speaker Brene Brown, famous for a Netflix series and her original TED Talk, speaks about what that TED Talk is called, the power of vulnerability. The power of vulnerability. It seems like a contradiction, and that's what she explores in her writing and her work. She says it's not about, vulnerability is not about oversharing or taking a passive stance. Instead, it is about being open to the world, being willing to learn. I think it's more specific than just vulnerability, however, in this parable from Jesus. So I would title my TED Talk, The Power of Saying I Don't Know. The Power of Saying I Don't Know. For a long time in my life, I thought that the phrase I don't know was the weakest thing anyone could ever say. But it was actually my wife, Caitlin, who helped me realize how wrong I was about this. If you're married, you might know what I mean. And if you don't know Caitlin, uh, she is a very driven and focused person who loves her job and takes it very seriously. From the outside looking in, I can say she is very good at it and she takes it more seriously than just about anyone I know takes their job. She is the kind of person who in school would do every single page of reading that was assigned because why wouldn't you get the most out of the education being offered you? She approaches being a good employee, not from a stance of fear of failure or being fired, but rather from the idea that it feels good to be good at what you do. Now I, on the other hand, am the kind of person where if you say to me, Julia, have you read War and Peace? I will answer, yes, basically I have. Even though what that means is I bought a copy of it 15 years ago. And I generally know that it's a Russian novel about a time when there was a lot of war and also a lot of peace. <laughs> but if you ask Caitlin if she read it, she'd say, no. Why are you asking me? Should I read it? Why do you ask? You see, this is a kind of parable in and of itself. The parable of the priest and the PR executive. Which do you trust more? Which do you think is more exalted by God? Caitlin is able to say when she doesn't know things, and I have really tried in knowing her to take this practice on in my own life. And I can tell you, it's possible. This change is possible if you are like me. 
When she doesn't have the answer and she answers questions, she's very honest when she doesn't have the answer and she always answers questions directly about what she has and hasn't done instead of saying, oh, I've done that and then go and do it, right? This in turn makes people trust her and it gives her a great power. The power of saying, I don't know. I realized in knowing her that it is what I was not good at, that my fear of not being right all the time was actually getting in the way of my learning. See, it is self-defeating. I know how to blow a pitch pipe now. Imagine what else we could know with the power of saying, I don't know. God invites you to learn this way as well, to approach each other with vulnerability, ready to learn with curiosity. Imagine a world like this. It is the one Jesus calls us to. Amen.